1: Today is a holy day for the Lord. The joy you have in the Lord is your strength.
0: Nehemiah, chapter 8, verse 10, God's Word Translation Hello, I'm Victoria Kay. Welcome to Anchored by Truth, brought to you by Crystal Sea Books. We want to thank you for joining us today as we conclude a series we began several weeks ago on Anchored by Truth. We entitled this series why am i here we wanted to do this series because a lot of christians today are troubled by what they see going on around them and a lot of people especially younger people are starting to experience what one of our listeners called malaise and lack of direction in life last time on anchored by truth we spent some time on what we termed a believer's calling one way of looking at why we christians are here is to see what the Bible has to say about our characters, careers, and callings. So in previous shows, we had discussed characters and careers, and last time, we focused more on callings. And one of the points we made is that every Christian has a calling. Every single one of us. Since we spent so much time on the fact that Christians have a calling, it would be reasonable for someone to ask us, Crystal C., what is our calling? Today, we want to answer that question, or at least give our listeners the answer as God has revealed it to us at this time. So today, our guest in the studio will be us! Or more properly, today we want to share with our listeners samples of various products the Crystal Sea Books has developed, or is developing, along with a brief explanation of why we see that product as part of our fulfilling of our calling. You see... We see Crystal Sea's calling as trying to help other believers fulfill their callings, especially to provide help in specific areas that we have found many, if not most, struggle. For instance, a lot of Christians have not spent very much time learning what the Bible has to say about the creation of the universe. Yet this is a critical area for us to understand in a world where the Bible's description of creation is often under attack. So to help believers begin to think more deeply about God's creative activity, one of our upcoming audio products will be called the Genesis Saga. Here is an excerpt from part one of the Genesis Saga we call Seven Days of Wonder.
2: Was there. Power and wisdom, none to compare. Three in one, perfection and peace. Then perfection spoke, and light released. No more gloom, no more void. With a single word, darkness destroyed. Morning stars rose and sang for joy, as God's great plan had been deployed. He said, Light, Light is, good.
3: is good, it
2: reveals, it reveals my, way.
3: my way.
2: Then he pushed apart, night and day. Evening and morning of day one, but creation's story had just begun. He split the waters, above and below. He made an expanse where winds could blow. The heavens soared, its glory showed. The work of day two, finished long ago. Light and water, heavens and air. By his power, he banished despair. The morning star sang, praised with prayer. Creation progressed, his splendor declared. Then God gathered waters into their place, so dry land could appear. He created space for plants to come, yielding their seed. All this occurred as he ended day three. lights in the heavens, brilliant and fine. Throughout the earth their light did shine. The moon ruled the night, the sun ruled the day. Day four was done, his beauty on display. Heavenly bodies, fruit-bearing trees, plants in abundance to meet future needs morning stars sang in mesmerized wonder, awestruck amazement throughout their number. Living creatures next, fish swarming the sea, and birds in the skies nesting in trees. A brand new world, vibrantly alive, the morning and evening of day five. Beasts and cattle onto dry land. His crowning touch, he created man.
0: Did you notice in that sample how the creative activity of those days was described in rhyme, along with some supporting music and sound effects? People, especially kids, absorb information far more readily when it's engaging and rhythmic. If we were to ask most people, what day did God create plants? The most common answer we would probably get would be the first or the second day. But the accurate answer is day three. That's one of the benefits of pairing biblical truth with rhyme. It helps people think about the information more and notice things they perhaps hadn't noticed before. So with that in mind, Listen to this sample from Part 3 of the Genesis Saga, which we call The Serpent's Poison.
4: In the midst of the bright garden grew the forbidden tree. God had strictly instructed man from that tree he may not eat. For the fruit of the forbidden tree held the knowledge of good and evil, and God had plainly told the man that to touch or taste would be lethal. God called the man Adam, and at first Adam was alone. So God then made woman for man, crafting Eve from a rib bone. Adam now lived in true paradise. He lived in abundance and peace. Man had a companion to fill his heart, and no cares his joy to decrease. But then, One day came the snake, a tempter, gliding among the leaves, hating the contentment he could not share and the people who seemed so free. One day the serpent watched the woman as she passed the forbidden tree. The serpent hatched a plan most vile to destroy her with deceit. The serpent was crafty and cunning, twisted by malevolence. From the boundaries of heaven above, he earlier had been sent. The serpent was filled with wicked evil, consumed by fierce fiery hate now came the chance to ruin God's child with anger and malice most great. Ah, the woman. Ah, the man. See how in paradise they play. While I from heaven was cast out. But soon I will make their pay.
0: There were some parts of that sample that are downright creepy, aren't there? They are meant to be, because evil is creepy, and Satan is creepy. Satan was the one that brought evil to our earth and universe. Christians know that, but how often do we think about the moment in the Garden of Eden when evil actually entered a creation that God had pronounced very good? What a devastating moment for our first parents, and for us, and how that moment changed creation and forever altered how we would answer the question, Why am I here? So as people and believers, if we don't understand that moment, we can't really understand the grand saga of creation, fall, and redemption. If that moment hadn't occurred, there would never have been a need for us to do this series on Anchored by Truth. But it did occur, and we must now all deal with the continuing effects. The voice actor who played the part of Satan, who goes by Fitz, did a great job of bringing the evil that had already characterized Satan to life. And by doing so, he helps us all think more carefully about how gracious God was that God didn't let that first evil act in creation doom us forever. That's why we would rather celebrate God's goodness rather than simply lament our first parents' foolishness. Well, Part of God's plan of redemption that began immediately after the fall was for God's only begotten Son to come to earth and pay the price for Adam and Eve's, and our, sin. But Jesus' arrival on this earth didn't occur in a vacuum. There was an entire plan and history of redemption, and one of the most important figures in that history was the messenger that God sent right before Jesus arrived on the scene. Let's listen to this.
1: Every morning at the river you could see him arrive Wore camel hair coat eating honey from a hive Tough as nails, flame in his eye And everybody knew you couldn't tell no lie To the one To the one Baptizer John Nobody seemed to know where John called home Came from the desert where he stayed all alone Preach like fire, never quiet or shy And if you spoke at all, you best be polite To the one To the one Baptizer John Some said his daddy saw an angel in the room And John knew the Lord while still in the womb Then his daddy couldn't talk for three hundred days till John was born and he sang God's praise John was the one to make the hills low He filled the valleys up to make a straight road John was the one sent to proclaim The master who would follow, the king who would reign There came the day on the river's rocky shore Jesus came a-walking and made spirits soar Men began praying and hearts beat fast And John told the people the king was here at last Through the heat and the glare in a desert hot as hell Walked a giant of a man that the people knew well And John told the people that Jesus was the king That God told the prophets he would bring John said Jesus had come from above cause the spirit lay on him in the form of a dove John was amazed that he had to baptize the perfect man who brought eternal life Well John told the people he found the spotless lamb David's greatest son and the child of Abraham So flee from sin before the fire begins to burn But when John told Herod, Herod wouldn't learn Now John lost his life cause he wouldn't back down. Today John's in heaven with a big old crown, And Jesus even said that among the race of men, John was the best. He was faithful to the end. Faithful, faithful, faithful. Baptizer John
0: Baptizer John only lasts about three minutes. But did you see how anyone, kids, parents, grandparents, anyone can learn about a very important part of the plan of redemption in just those three minutes? That piece even contains the detail about John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, not being able to speak after he received his vision that, despite their advanced ages, he and his wife would have a son. That comes from the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 1, verses 11 through 25. Our song contains a condensed version of the entire life of John the Baptist, but when we tell these songs, we try to be sure that they are being faithful to the actual Bible story. Again, that's what we see as our calling, to help people know the Bible more thoroughly and also be encouraged to study it more carefully for themselves. The Genesis Saga and Baptizer John are two examples of how we do that. But one of the other areas where we know people sometimes struggle is with prayer. So we prepared recorded prayers supported by inspirational music to help people get started with prayer or to share with friends. Here's one of our favorite prayers, A Prayer of Adoration of the Father.
3: A Prayer of Adoration of the Father Almighty, gracious, and heavenly Father, we praise you and adore you and bow down before you. We are overcome by thoughts of your majesty and excellence, and we humbly come to you to worship you in spirit and in truth. We know from your word that you are a God in whom there is no imperfection, want, or lack. You are perfect in all of your attributes and all of your ways. Because you are the source of all light and illumination, There is no shadow or dark place in you. All creation stands in silent awe when it turns toward you. You dwell in the loftiest of the high places, surrounded by the angels that you created to serve you. Glory is your robe, power is your mantle, exaltation your drape, and sovereignty your cloak. Mere words could never describe your grandeur, Yet, we are exalted as we try. You alone are God. There is no other God like you. There never has been and there never will be. There will come a time when you will fully exercise your dominion as is fitting and right and you will set right all that does not conform to your will. We look toward that day when we can stand breathless and amazed at your beauty and holiness. Until that time, let us grow in the knowledge and appreciation of your unmatched glory, and let all honor, praise, and worship be given only to you. In Christ's name, let all who know him praise the Lord. Amen. Amen.
0: And here's a short sample of a prayer for a common need people experience. A prayer for someone about to have surgery.
5: A prayer for a successful outcome of a surgical procedure. Mighty and all-knowing Father, You are the great physician, the one who forms people in the womb, the maker of that which is fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the creator and origin of all life. Lord, we come to you to petition for a positive outcome for our friend who is about to undergo surgery. We pray that you will be with them throughout the entire procedure, that you will give them peace as they prepare, strength as they enter the room, and a full and complete recovery once the surgery is over. We pray that you will impart wisdom to the doctors and nurses who will be performing the surgery, that your mighty hand will guide the implements that are used, that your eyes will show them what they need to see and that your heart will fill them with compassion and concern even as they seek to help make them better. For those who will await the outcome, we pray that you would provide peace and comfort. We pray that you would keep their hearts and minds attuned to you, that you help them to rest securely in the knowledge that nothing enters into our lives that is not first measured by your hands. We praise you that when we do walk through veils of tears, that we know that Christ walked there first, and this resurrection is the promise that eternal life will one day surely and certainly be ours. In Christ's perfect and matchless name, we pray and claim the promise that come only from you and only by Him. Amen.
0: And another area where we know people sometimes struggle is with what we call beginning the conversation. That's when you have the friend that you have wanted to reach with the truth of the gospel, but you don't know how to begin the conversation. Can you do that with humor? Well, we think so. For instance, one question a lot of people have about the story of Noah and the flood is how could all the animals fit on the ark? Well, it was a really big boat. Here's a sample from one of our Life Lessons with a Laugh series that makes that point.
6: Hi, I'm R.D. Fierro from Crystal Sea Books. Here today on the open water open to...
5: water? Dude, we're in a rowboat. In a pond. And the pond is between a shopping mall and an apartment complex.
6: As I was saying before my geographically enamored, engaged, engrossed, and enthralled companion here. Uh... Jerry.
5: Still Jerry. Always Jerry. Not Jerome or Your
6: Majesty or. Okay, uh, s- still always Your Majesty? Let's not let minor mundane minutiae about marine morphology muddle our main mission to meditate more methodically on the maritime marvel. Me, 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 me. My goodness, how does he say all that? On the maritime marvel that was the Ark that Norman built. I think you mean Noah. That's what he went by for the history books. Not sure what the guys at the big box boat building and bungalow betterment store might have called him.
0: Hey, do we have any more arc pitch in the back? Not sure. How much you need? Old guy up here wants 6,400 camels worth.
6: I mean, the arc had to be truly remarkable if it was going to withstand a storm that made Hurricane Camille look like a whacked out sprinkler system.
5: Spikes, pikes, and yikes. Never thought about that guess a monstrously marauding monsoon of megalithic magnitude might be a boat builder's worst nightmare. Literally.
6: I couldn't have said it better, always stilled your majesty. Well, maybe a little better. Literally. But that's not what's important. Right now, what's important is to recognize the naval architecture challenge that faced Norway. Noah. And he sort of had a big
5: head start on designing the ark, didn't he? After all the Bible did say that the Lord told him how long, how high, and how wide the ark should be.
6: Absolutely, my dimensionally discriminating deckmate. The Lord told Noah to make the ark somewhere around 600 feet long by 100 feet wide and 60 feet deep. In other words, the Lord answered that very important question, how deep is your ark? How deep is your ark? How
3: deep is your ark? I really need to learn Cause the world is going down
6: I don't want to drown So it's me you need to show The Lord has let me know Although actually, the Lord gave Noah the dimension in cubits, not in feet. 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits deep. A cubit? Wasn't there some disagreement on how long a cubit was? Wouldn't
5: it have been easier for the Lord to just use the metric system?
6: Uh, not sure, Jerbid. I'm not an expert on mid-third millennial BC design parameters, material takeoff systems, or computer-aided design.
0: And here's a sample from our upcoming audio series based on our fictional book, The Doors of Destiny. The sample is all about a hero coming back to life. "'Have you even heard about that anywhere?'
7: "'I want Cornelius to be all right. "'I want Cornelius!' She paused in mid-sentence, shook her head, and then stared at Cornelius' body. "'No. It's impossible. It can't be. It's not possible.'
1: "'What is impossible, Dino?
7: Guide's eyes had become lamps as penetrating as the great torch that had burned away the darkness in Abigail's world." now could see them focused entirely on her, and she felt their gaze piercing through her, forcing her to think the impossible. She wanted to shrink back from the thought that had formed in her mind, but she had experienced too much. She had seen faith restore a darkened world, hope conquer a barren one, and absolute love overcome the beast that drove mortals away from mercy. Could death itself be conquered? She slowly withdrew the pen from its pouch. She stared at it for a long time, a look of profound wonder on her face. She touched the tip of the pen to her heart and then began to write slowly in the air. Her hand was shaking so much that she could barely recognize the letters she was forming, but now she had become fully committed to her task. As she wrote, the pen traced out the letters in the air. This time the letters were not violet, but bright, fresh, clarifying crimson. The letters hung in the air shimmering against the overcast skies that had accompanied cornelia's fall the letters held steady against the strong winds that might have dispersed a less fervent petition each letter a crimson prayer poured out of a heart broken by what another had done for her the first letters formed waited patiently for the last to be joined when danelle finished writing three more of her precious words had now been used and even though her hand had been the one moving Danelle still did not believe she had written what she had written. Cornelius lives again. The letters looked like they were formed of a string of miniature crimson stars, each bound to the one adjacent to it by an unseen bond. As soon as Danelle had finished writing the three words, the words came alive. They first danced in a wildly complex pattern, weaving in and around each other, spinning into the air above their point of origin, and twirling about in graceful spirals.
0: You could give a copy of just about any of our life lessons or a copy of Doors of Destiny to just about anyone as a conversation starter. If they become curious and ask you more about some of what they've learned, it can help you ease into a conversation about your faith very naturally. As we have said, our calling is to try to help you with yours, and we are called to testify about our faith in Jesus. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. But if it's not, we can help you begin the conversation. In this Why Am I Here series, one of the big points we wanted to help everyone understand is that God loves us and values all of us. That's fundamental to our knowing why we are here. But God expects us to carry His love forward, not to just hold on to it for ourselves. And part of us doing that is by fulfilling the calling that God has for us individually. For some of us, that calling may be directly linked to our career, such as pastors or ministry leaders. But for many of us, it won't be. For instance, we know of some doctors leading Sunday school classes, stay-at-home moms serving as counselors in crisis pregnancy centers, mechanics cooking in the church kitchen, and airline employees serving as part-time pastors. All of us have a kingdom calling. And while the Bible may not tell us individually what that calling is, it gives us some clear principles for us to follow in discovering our calling for ourselves. Usually, we close Anchored by Truth with one of our prayers, but we've already given you a lot to think about today. So we will close by praying that each and every one of the listeners to Anchored by Truth is truly and wonderfully blessed. We count it a privilege to serve the cause of Christ, and we hope that we can help you experience that joy and power also. Blessings to you from all of us at Crystal Sea Books. Always remember, as we heard in our opening scripture, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We hope you'll be with us next time, and we hope you'll take some time to encourage some friends to tune in also, or listen to the podcast version of this show. If you'd like to hear more, try out crystalseabooks.com where
6: we're not perfect, but our boss is.